Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Tanner Grace, and I'm back, but we also have the full uh, trio going today that we've we've come to have every now and then, but it's the duo from last week plus me. Todd, don't give me that look. I've, I'm just back for a vacation. I mean, you're the recovery. odd man out here, okay? You're I the know, one yeah. who gave me the keys to the car, and now you want them back. Sorry, it's my car now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I had a nightmare where, like, it was our Discord and Twitter just blowing up after your episode when it was just like, this was the best episode ever. Everything is great. We should have Todd on all the time. And I'm just over here crying in my corner, like, <laughs> reading tweets by myself. And I'm like, but what about me? Something was here. different this week. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I really liked the dynamic. <laughs> Yeah, so if you haven't figured it out yet, we've got Ross, as always. No one really cares about that. But we've got Todd Anderson back this week. Okay. Is, hey, what's up, everyone? Who is super, Um, I will say, I'll use the word excited. Irate. Irate is a good one, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, uh, pumped up to be heard during this episode. And honestly, I, I can't wait to sit back and listen to you for quite a bit of this episode because you've said that you've been steaming all day. Well, uh, so they, they made that big announcement uh, mm-hmm. at, like, noon or whatever, and uh, I immediately was just like, hey, can I be on y'all's podcast about this? <laughs> yeah. Because I knew y'all were recording today, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, both of you were just like, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody at home, it's uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, just about, when we're yeah. recording this. Just just in case some more information comes out afterwards, we don't cover that, just so everybody knows. We're going to cover as much as we can of what we've heard so far, and... Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about just yet, Todd, I'm going to give you the floor here because I feel like you've been wanting to do this and you've been wanting to talk about this more than anyone alive right now. Kind of give us like a synopsis of what was announced this morning. Am I putting you on the spot too much here? Oh, no, no, it's okay. fine. Uh, okay, so uh, earlier today, Wizards of the Coast killed professional magic. And I don't really know how to sugarcoat it any better than or whatever. It, they literally just... Pulled the rug out from the MPL. They said that they're not going back to any sort of, uh, you know, semblance of the structure that they used to have. And, and they, and like, you know, they didn't really give us any concrete plans for the future other than like, we'll see what happens, you know. So long story short, you know, competitive magic as from the, from a Watsi standpoint, pro tours, things like that are gone. And I don't think that anything that we have been used to is going to replace it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of ominous, right? Like you, you hear it that way and you've seen some people spin it a little differently. Like I've seen like Efro and a couple other people uh, actually have some hope where they're like, well, they said they're going to have something pro tour or grand prix like, and I'm using quotations here. Yeah. And that could mean literally anything from Watsi. Yeah, and Watsi does this every time they make a shitty announcement. They always leave that <laughs> nugget of hope at the end. They're like, don't worry, something is coming down the line. It'll be fine. And and there's always the people on Twitter, they're like, look, they said something's coming down the line. We don't know what it is yet. At least withhold judgment. I'm going to choose to be optimistic about this. Like, how many fucking times do they have to do this to you before you stop giving them the benefit of the goddamn doubt? Like, they don't deserve that at this point. Every time they make a change, things get worse. That's what's going to happen here. Just accept it and move on. I feel like the entirety of uh, Magic right now that cares about this is the, like, the Avengers Hawkeye gif. You know, the don't do that. Don't give me hope. You know that one? <laughs> yeah, that one. Because, like, that's that's what it feels like, right? And it feels like this might actually be one of the sky's falling moments. Like, I don't think... I think Magic will survive. Don't get me wrong. Magic 100% will survive. Because... The, the majority of the money that, that keeps Watsi going and keeps getting these record profits, more on that in a minute, by the way, that keeps giving them all this money is, you know, the casual people buying packs and buying the collector items, buying the secret layers, and the more and more stuff they put out. But 
they're killing the dream that a lot of people have had for the last 10 years. And I'll tell you this, if you've had that dream for the last, what, about three years now, you, you should have already seen the writing on the wall that this was not really an obtainable thing. Because l- let's be real, did any one of us ever believe that we had a chance for the MPL? I, I know I didn't. No. And I mean, like, I don't think I ever had a shot at the MPL per se. Like, I, I was always on the cusp of, like, the, the gold status or whatever, and... Uh, I, I've never, too. I've never played all the pro tours in a single season and I've been like almost at gold multiple times. And so like, I just needed that one medium to good finish like one more time and always just kind of fell short and no, but like my friends, like Brian Brown doing, you know, like, you know, former world champion, like he's from Roanoke. Like we came up together, uh, in the early 20 aughts and, and like we went to all the star city events together. And then when he started testing, uh, with Brad, uh, Nelson, like, you know, they, they became like much closer friends and they started focusing more on like the pro circuit and Grand Prix and stuff where, you know, me and a couple of the other guys from Roanoke started shifting back towards the SCG tour. Cause it was just easier to travel to and less stressful. Yeah. So it clearly like people who were in our position could live that dream. Like we saw that happen. It was difficult and you know, it wasn't going to happen to everyone, but it certainly was possible if you wanted to chase it. And you wanted to really put a lot of work into it. And, you know, the MPL made it harder, uh, but still not impossible. And now they've just come out and said, like, it's it's just not going to exist. Yeah, I mean, they use the wording of there will be some similar stuff that you're used to in the future, right? Like we said, the the, the quote-unquote Pro Tour Grand Prix-like tournaments. But they specifically said, and I don't have the direct quote here. I could, I could pull it up where they were like, doing magic as a profession is something we don't see obtainable in the future. Like, as in playing competitively. Yeah. It says, OP will not be explicitly designed to support competitive magic as a career path. However, there will be Grand Prix, PTQ, and Pro Tour-like events. Our, our focus will be the amount of play and the prize money, and less focus on the lifestyle or it, bringing economic, or it being economically self-sustaining. And to me, reading between the lines and like kind of like dumbing that down just means... You're going to have these events. There's going to be prizes, right? And like, hey, if you go and spike a bunch of them, yeah, that's like a, a, a livable lifestyle. But you're not going to have like appearance fees. You're not going to have contracts like MPL players. Like you're not going to have money outside of the tournament itself going to players in any way, shape, or form. So it looks like they're going to be doing maybe a few things themselves and then letting the uh, like you know the other companies like SCG and some of these other upcoming uh, companies for tournament series, th- that's where you're going to be getting you know, some of your, your stuff from. So no longer is the dream of the pro player alive from Watsi itself. Yeah, play the game, see the world. Not a thing. Yeah. Maybe pay your bills. Like, maybe kind of thing. And uh, let's, like, kind of keep going into the announcement a little bit, too. So, because, like, I, I feel like the show, we're going to try to cover everything. We're going to go everywhere. So let's try to have some structure. Let's go into this announcement a little bit because there's certain parts of the announcement that we wanted to talk about. And I know that um, I found a certain sentence to be really cheeky. Uh, in this announcement, and so did a few other people, but it seems like, and it felt like, that they were almost trying to blame this on COVID in one part of the statement, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, like, it sounds like bullshit to me, and kind of sweeping a lot of the other problems under the rug, and just giving it, like, the easy, uh, you know, pointing the blame the easy way. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, So... You can't see my face right now, uh, but I am not very happy about this very specific wording on their announcement because the MPL was a failure 
at least a year prior to COVID and the pandemic outbreak. At least a year. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it was literally never a success. Yeah. Right. And it's it's been around since, what, 2018, 2019? And yeah, that's when it was announced, yeah, and, like, put it to form, yeah. And, and you know, we, we've had, like, so much time for them to get their shit together to, to really, like, promote the, uh, the league play, promote the players themselves to really put on a show. And what I got from them for three fucking years was... Uh, no face cams when they're playing league weekends for some reason. Pre-recorded matches where the players regularly spoil who wins on accident on Twitter. Um, like I don't know half the people in the MPL because their branding and their their star building is atrocious. You know who I do know everything about? Caleb Scherer. Caleb Scherer plays Storm on the SCG tour in every format. Uh, he's super skinny. He eats a bunch of nuts all the time as, like, his primary dietary thing whenever he's just, like, at events and stuff. Um, he always wears a beanie. Um, I don't know, like, Loves three quarters his cats. of the people. Yeah, he has cats. And he always yeah. travels with uh, with Paul, uh, whose last name is Escapes right now. Paul Muller. And, and, like, they're the Storm Bros. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about the MPL. And yeah. I don't think that's my fucking fault. It's re- no, it's not. It's the... That's a point that I was talking. I was talking to Brian Basoka earlier today about this because, like, you know, he called me as, as soon as all this happened. He's like, "Dude, are you seeing this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a shit show." And I talked about that, and I'm like, "They're gonna blame it on COVID." But when you like look at the numbers, right? Like, there's definable metrics that we look at, like the things that were going on, the amount of people watching their show, uh, non embedded, uh, and things like that. You know, not extra views, just added from other stuff. You can see that even before COVID, no one gave a shit about these random. What do they, what do they call them? MPL split weekends or whatever they're called. Whatever, yeah, whatever the little weekly, monthly thing is that they do, right? Half the time, like you said, no one knows what's going on. You can't see the people. It was a dead format almost every single time. That that was so baffling to me. Like, how, how do you have a league weekend that's like two weeks or whatever before a new set comes out? Like, I don't how give did, a shit I, about those cards. <laughs> not, not to mention, like, you know, they could have maybe mixed up the formats a little bit. Like, they could have made some of them draft or whatever or, or sealed or something. Like, they could have literally done anything to, to make it so that they're not playing a format that rotates in a week. And they chose instead to just schedule a bunch of events on horribly planned weekends. And it was infuriating. Like, the last one was named after the new set. And none of the cards were legal. Not a single <laughs> card was legal. So you couldn't even play the cards from the new set, which is great. And, the you know, the point that I was going to get at is, is when you look at coverage from those times, like, you look at coverage from other events, you know, Star City Games in, in particular, you can see that people cared. People still watched those events. They still showed up. You know, you still had big numbers for their events. You still had big numbers on Twitch watching it. Um, you still had people buying stuff and buying their product. And you had what they have called record profits during this time but your flagship competitive thing right the mpl as a whole crashed and burned and whose fault is that it's not ours i'll tell you that right now and it sure as shit isn't covid's and it sure as shit is not covid's exactly because here's the thing I, I i'm gonna say this and hopefully no one takes this the wrong way if anything covid was an opportunity for them to push this harder where like they wanted to push digital play. Now this is your only fucking option for a year. You cannot go to an LGS, right? You cannot go to a Grand Prix. They didn't lean or- into it, man. Like, they, they could have easily leaned into it and, and used this as a year to push Arena as a client 
And instead of listening to feedback from people, whether it's like fixing uh, problems with like the arena economy because it's relatively inaccessible. It's horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, like they, they could have done so much with this year, but instead they released 17,000 secret layers that all have uh, Pringle foils in them. And honestly, uh, I bought zero because Same. I don't give a shit about stupid alternate art foil pringles you know don't, don't get me started on the amount of plastic that's in every single one of those packaging for no reason yeah. the, the box is so fucking big for five cards or all whatever. Right. but I, before we move on to a different subject specifically sure. I, I do want to say this covid caused complications across every medium uh, as far as like uh you know in store and, stuff and the magic community was sympathetic to them Right. Yeah, right. We were. I mean, yeah. I mean, we still are. Like, people have, like, made it a point to, you know, like, pre-order boxes, booster boxes of stuff from, like, their local game stores and things like that. They, I bought like, way more than I had before. Right. Way more. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you know this what is that what did? we get. You know that what happened, though? That, that, like they said, they had record-breaking sales. And instead of reinvesting that money into a better organized play program or to foster some sort of competitive play... They instead got the thing they have now, which is a good thing. I think gutting the MPL was the right move regardless. But don't just do it and say, we'll see what the fuck happens. Do it with a plan in place to move to something that people can look at and say, this is remarkably better than having just the MPL. Or this is slightly better, or even just like a slight step down from the previous system, which was like the, the pro points and things like that. I don't give a shit what you decide to do. But deciding to do nothing and then offering, like, you know, vague uh, hints at what could be coming down the pipeline and using buzzwords like command fest and shit, like, fuck you, you know? Fuck you for not having a plan and for just ripping this dream from so many people that love and play your game. Fuck you. Yes. And I actually want to respond to that because I'm going to say this. I, I agree. I agree, like, wholeheartedly. There's one thing about it that I do, that I do think they did positively. And here's the thing. I think when you're going to rip the Band-Aid off, right? Like when you're going to fire a lot of your employees or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I think you should tell them the moment you know. Like when you're like, this is it. We're done. We're not doing the MPL next year. Even though they don't have something to offer, I think that I think that it's correct to tell them as soon as possible. Like we've all heard the horror stories about companies and stuff like, the you know, firing like mass amounts of people or like closing a branch. And those people don't know until they show up for work Monday morning and the door is locked. Yeah, you, and there's like you, a note. I want to know how much money is, is Chris Cox still the president? Do you know? I'm I'm not sure. I know they they recently had a change. I think the the head of the esports like like person changed recently or something like that, which is, we should have seen this coming. Yeah, I just I just want to know if they got a fucking raise. They, you know? They 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 did. I guarantee yeah, you their phones are going did. to CEOs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Fuck him too. Yeah, exactly, right? Like I, I it's like it, it, it's kind of goes down the, and we won't go down the political thing as much with like Ross talks about, but like, you know, the workers not having power, but at least they're giving them the information as soon as possible. Because I will say this, you know, if we found out about this, you know, months from now and they're like, oh, well, here's our plan. You're like, oh, that's good. They have a plan. But then the players found out that they'd known for like six months and didn't tell them. And they only have like six months now to prepare for the future. Like they'd be pretty upset about that too. So like, while I understand that, you know, I'm not an MPL member, right? I have no way to, I have no right to say how they feel or how they should feel. I'm saying I would at least want to know as soon as possible that I need to start looking into something for the future for me, my family. You know, you think about like, you know, I think about, I've said his name already, but you think about Mike Sigris, you know, he's got kids. 
you know, a lot of these guys are like young and still can, you know, do a lot of other things. They're super smart. I'm not saying he can't, but you know, he's a little bit older for, you know, an NPL member. He's got a family that he's helping support and stuff. And like, he gave up a lot of opportunity for this over the last few years, you know, and it's not like everyone's like, you know, there's not like there's a lot of great jobs out there right now for people hiring and stuff too. So, uh, I will say that's the one, one of the good things I can say out of this is like, while I think everything sucks, I'm happy they told them what we assume is as like as soon as it was possible for them to do so. I mean, that's still an assumption. And at this point, I'm not assuming anything positive on their behalf. And, it, you know, the thing that gets me is that this is happening after they're having record-breaking profits, right? And so we know that they have plenty of money on hand. We know that Magic is, is doing really well. And yet they're, they can't support organized play that has been such a key part of Magic and the Magic community for, you know, the 25 plus years, almost 30 years now, right? And I'm, I know for the last, you know, probably five years or so, there was this turn a little bit that I noticed within a lot of people in the Magic community that always just sort of argued on Watsi's behalf saying like, well, organized play doesn't make the money, so we have to be understanding. And I'm, I understand, like if they find that this stuff isn't profitable, they're going to get rid of it. I know that's how they're going to act. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be mad about it. Because I don't give a shit about Watsi's profits. I don't give a flying fuck as long as I keep making the game. I'm going to argue for my position. I'm a professional Magic player, competitive Magic player. I want that part of Magic to be as good as it can be and as good for us as it can be. So yeah, I don't if, we're, under- if we're not actually advocating for it, no one's going to. Yeah. And then it will just be gone. So we need to advocate for our position and... We need to you know, continue to do so as best as we can, and I'm. But like, it, clearly, they can they can make something that is better than what is about to happen. That's been true for the last decade. You know, we've given them plenty of ideas to work with. They don't do any of them. Like, it, it's very clear to me at this point that Hasbro is trying to squeeze as much profit as they possibly can out of Magic: The Gathering. And they have decided that they can do that by cutting down on organized play, releasing way more sets and way more supplementary products than they used to, uh, you know, focusing more on commander and special foils for people because that's what makes money. You know, you could see this coming with how Grand Prix vendors have operated. You know, but like it used to be like ten years ago, you could find a common at a Grand Prix. Now, like you know, three years ago, it became impossible. Vendors didn't bring them; it wasn't profitable. You know, because there was this huge market for you know cool foils that were really expensive and the profit margins are higher on them. It's all driven by, you know, what's making money and the writing's been on the wall forever. But like, you know, if you're a competitive magic player and you want to see competitive and professional magic be the best thing that it can possibly be, you should not be arguing with your mindset on what is going to make Watsi the most amount of money. I don't give a fuck about that. (laughs) And I shouldn't give a fuck about that. You know, beyond the baseline of them being profitable enough to continue, uh, you know, making the game, which they very obviously are. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk on that for a second here because, um, you know, I have a business background or whatever. And so like, I'm not saying that I'm going to know the inner workings of Watsi here, but like, you know, you're, you're kind of hitting it on the head here, right? It's like, it is about for them what makes them the most money. Right. And 
this is why I'm not surprised by this, right? The MPL had to be a huge money sink for them. If you look at what the average player cost to be in the MPL, I would love to see that number, like what it costs for them to, to you know, pay their salary, et cetera, et cetera, put up the prize pool per player at these events. I would love to see that number because they just get to gut this now. You, you know what number I would like to see is the number of what they expected to get out of it because there's no yeah. way they launched the program without it expecting it to be a success. Like maybe they thought it wouldn't be a success immediately, but like they must have expected significantly higher viewership for all of these shitty streams, and I can't imagine why. No, I can. I can't. See, that's the thing. I can because here's the thing. Do you remember when Arena first came out? All of us were like, oh, no, it's going to be another magical online that's riddled with this and riddled with that. And when Arena first came out, it was a smashing success. It looked it great. It, it played great. I was un- – I look, I was – a pessimist when it first came out and then i'll tell you this from day one i was like this program's awesome i played I, it off stream yeah. mm-hmm. i played i played Same. it off stream a yeah. lot and i yeah. i don't remember the last time i played arena off stream honestly yeah. and so here's the thing like i don't blame them like they see this huge you know like you just get dollar signs in your eyes right like all of a sudden this thing is never i'll say this i i think they overthink themselves right like i think watsi does this a lot and you can see it with their decisions they're like oh this is gonna be great this is gonna be great and then it like never works out and that happened with arena right but I don't blame them. Like, you've seen the meteoric rise of Hearthstone. You've seen the meteoric rise of these other games like this. And then you release one. And, I'll, you know, like I said, they probably have huge expectations. They probably outdid themselves here. It's one of the first times they've ever had a product that, like, drastically outdid, you know, the their lofty expectations. And then right then, I would just be like, yeah, open the fucking floodgates. Let's go. Like, let's monetize this as much as we possibly can. This is not literally me saying this. This is me in the mindset of, like, a CEO of a billion-dollar corporation or whatever. You know, like, this is a cash cow. Milk the shit out of it. And, you know, that's what they were doing. Obviously, the execution wasn't good. Obviously, the reception wasn't good. I mean, you alienated, like, your entire competitive fan base and stuff like that. And, like, you know, killed and dreams a bunch of people, which we've, we've talked about. And you've done all that. So when it comes down to it, here's the thing. So, you know, it's always profits over people, right? We've always talked about that with business. This is the way it is. Profits over people. And this is not making them enough money. Like you said, I'd love to see them, the number they expected to get versus the number they got. It's probably just not worth the time and effort. And, you know, you get to, and I, this is, this is, uh, this is a tr- truth. They're going to fire a lot of people too. Like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs over this and it's yeah. less money that they have to put out, which sucks I, for them. I, I imagine oh. every coverage person is gone. Like, yeah, they're, they're uh, done. You know, or at the yeah. very least, they're just all being moved to like contractual mm-hmm. uh, settings or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to have a stable paycheck. And yeah. if, if they're not having online events for a while and they're not yeah. having real life events for a while, well, all those people are just fucked. Go work at, mm-hmm. you know, your local McDonald's or whatever, I guess. And I think it comes down to a lot of things, too, than what we're talking about. Just that. And, like, it comes down to marketing, right? Like, the marketing for this obviously didn't take off as well. And I think them having these MP- the MPL, having these MPL splits up is not selling cards and stuff like they envisioned. It's not selling secret layers like they envisioned. It's not selling things like they envisioned. But you know what has been doing pretty well for them for marketing lately? Believe it or not? Twitch. People's streams cosplayers like all the people they don't pay right that don't get a piece of the pie and that's free for them and they're starting to see you know a lot of us have known for a long time like you look at like croxies or any of these other big streamers that are on there you know use or anyone that has like thousands of people you know read thousands of people watching every day and they're like we don't have to pay them for this to happen this is happening outside of us right like this is a self-sustaining organism that's already going on and getting us a lot and doing a lot for us that we don't have to actually pay these people. And, you know, maybe they start to do something more in the future with that. You know, maybe a grassroots organization comes out with some of this money and, like, you know, does a little cool thing here or there. You know, I'm not 
saying this was good or bad, but maybe more stuff like the Mr. Beast thing happens on Arena in the future. You know, something like along those lines, maybe some of the money gets redistributed that way. It's not going to be anywhere near the amount that went into the MPL. You know, where's that $2.5 million or whatever that they stole from the players? We still haven't, you know, they've literally never mentioned it since it happened. And it gets brought up every single time they make an announcement kind of thing. So I'm not surprised by this overall. The thing that I am surprised by this is how long it took. Because Todd talked about this. I thought this was going to happen last year. All right. It so might have been COVID. I want to touch on the Mr. Beast thing real quick. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that event was successful or not. But what I do know is that they had a Friday Night Magic promotion that started at noon Eastern time on Friday and was done by 3 p.m. Mr. Beast didn't stream it. And the people who were playing against Mr. Beast didn't know they were playing against Mr. Beast because he had an anonymous account. So, what the fuck was the point? Exactly. Like, what can you was imagine, the point? Can you imagine you're streaming it, and then you get queued into Mr. Beast? Can you imagine your chat? Yeah. Can you imagine the hype? I'd be literally, like, you, y'all can see me right now. I'd be, like, bursting through that door. I'd be, like, running around my house. Yeah. I'd be like, I didn't make $25,000! You know, like, going nuts and stuff. You know what would like, be cool, man? If he had streamed it, and every single match that he played, the if someone beat him, it was bounty matches for, like, a 1000 bucks or 2000 yeah, bucks. Or whatever. That would have been so fucking awesome. Yeah. And just being able to just have Mr. Beast, like, a big YouTube personality or whatever, just being able to be the face of Friday Night Magic for a day would have been awesome. But... It was poorly planned, uh, poorly executed, and and honestly, I don't really, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get and, it. And it's so obviously poorly executed. Like, real quick, why don't we do what Todd said? Except in, instead, we do this every other week, every week. You know, just give away like five or ten thousand dollars every Friday. You know, but you have to be on from X time to X time because, like, probably you know that's the time Mr. Beast was available because he's you know a pretty big person and like you know he's like, hey, I've got this three hour window. They're like, oh, that sucks, but we'll do it. But like. You start doing this like, you know, Hunter Pence is out there, you know, playing. You know, I yeah. see stuff like that, you know, or a professional Or they could have just player. done the same thing with their fucking MPL members, man. Oh, my just, God, Todd, you're so smart. Oh, Todd, wow. Oh, I that? just thought of that off the top of my head. I wonder yeah. if anyone's ever had that fucking revelation before. Hey, Watson, well, it don't cost that much to contract me for these ideas every now and then. If you just want to, you know, have a phone call maybe twice a week, you know, talk this kind of stuff over, you know, kind of thing. And, like, I'll send you, you know what rates. that does? You know what that does? It gets people playing what you want, right? Like you want people playing arena because it's so goddamn predatory. It's got to be making them so much money. So I had a, a really, really big revelation at some point when I was playing on the SAG tour. And it's that um, if you play against people and they know who you are, they don't really care if they win or lose. They are just excited about playing against someone that they look up to and that they think are good. And they want to test themselves against someone that they feel should annihilate them and when they win it makes them feel incredible now imagine you get to do that every weekend against an mpl member on friday night magic and if you beat them you get a thousand bucks how fucking insane would that be you know and that's just so easy to execute i just don't understand how how they just bungled everything so badly and and that feeling is actually part of why the pro tour was so successful and important in the early days of magic and through the 2000s did you have, did you all see killer's response to all this killer yeah, had a, very I, good yeah he had a really good tweet thread going into this like essentially like the he, he what he said was that the pro tour was necessary uh, um you know in the 2000s and earlier because it was the only way to set up those kinds of tournaments, Grand Prix and Pro Tours, where aspirational players could play against their magic heroes. 
And that was a big deal for them and was a big reason why they chased that dream. And then you had the people at the top, you know, that you had to incentivize to get to the top so that they existed as, uh, you know, as the the objects the boss, of the, or, yeah. for, for everyone else. And in the last five or ten years, that's become less important because the people that everyone knows and that they want to play against are now those big streamers on Twitch. It's all happening outside of WotC, so they don't need to do it anymore. And so what has happened is the rise of Twitch and, the, and you know, the, uh, the rise of all of these cosplayers and all of these other people in the community, you know, it has sort of made the star building around the Pro Tour much less relevant to the point of irrelevance. So I... I, I... Just to go back to your point about the Twitch streamers or whatever, I, I think in general you, you, you're on the right track. I think that there's a bunch of streamers who a lot of people at a normal tournament would be excited to play against, right? But there's not that many. There, like, you know, if you're if you're talking about like average Magic viewership on Twitch, I, I would say that less than 40 people or something have over 100 viewers on average. And and the fact that like you could take the 32 best players in the world and build them up and and create an event out of playing against them that is the whole goal and that's what the pro tour used to be and that's what trying to get to the pro tour used to be you wanted to show what you had and you wanted to beat the best and now with the MPL the way they did it you were no longer able to ever do that but they could have used the MPL as a tool to still maintain that connection with you know uh, the general populace, and instead they just completely shit the bed. No, but the the point is they don't need to do that because they've got like people. There are going to be some people from the MPL that start streaming, and some of them are, are just going to transition into that. There's going to be more people that come up the way Aspiring Spike has over the last year. You know, nobody really knew who he was a year ago, right? And now he's averaging eight nine hundred. I don't even know how to say his first name. It's like <laughs> yeah, uh, Mo- Everett Mugan, Moen, Muhan, Everett e- Mugan. Er- or something? It's either Moen or Mohan. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but his first name is Everett. Yeah, his, his first name is like, You know, did, did people know who he was a year, year and a half ago? Not no, really. he was always in my chat whenever yeah. I started streaming. But he, he's and, great. And, uh, I pumped him up pretty good. No, I'm not like taking credit for it. So, like, he's, so, you know, he's an it, insane streamer. He's yeah, so good. Over, over the next five years, more people like that are going to rise up within Magic. Like that's just going to happen. And I think Watsy knows this, so they don't have to put the effort into doing it. And I think they're, I actually think they're right. So again, like from their perspective, this this all makes sense and it sucks. And I'm not saying that we should blame the Twitch side of things for this. This actually like, this is just, uh, this is exactly what happens with the capitalism is where we we find this great development. Like Twitch is, is theoretically great for magic, right? It lets you connect with people yeah. directly. You know, it, it creates all of these uh, additional channels. Yeah. yeah. But once it gets used in a way to just generate profit, it gets you, it gets you like, you know, the people at the top end up taking control of it. This is what happened, you know, with the industrial revolution where you had the Luddites who went in smashing looms because it took jobs away from individual craftsmen. Like this actually happened. And what, what we need to, like if we had a society that was actually built to utilize these technological innovations to help everyday people and help the masses, then we wouldn't have to worry about it. But instead we have a system where all of these innovations just funnel additional profit to the top which is what is happening. And yeah, I kind of wanted to like make another comment of what we were talking about earlier with, um, and like, you know, you said like the Twitch side of things like isn't to blame and stuff. And like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Too, because like, I think that they bungled this so bad from the start 
that you can't blame anything else other than them because all the stuff that was successful in spite of it or around it and looked like maybe it hurt it, that's their fault for not capitalizing in the ways that they could have. And like, just to kind of further what Todd was saying earlier, like there's so many little things they could have done just to like get people more involved. And they didn't, they thought that like they could wrestle in the laurels and just do it the old way that they've always done it. And everything would be fine. Like, I think about the fact that, you know, we talked about the lame duck formats, right? Like they never played anything new or cool. Like how cool would it have been to watch them play a big event where like a week, they didn't know what they were playing until like a week before, right? You know, here's a new set with new cards, fucking figure it out. Because yeah. like, that's what was so cool about the Pro Tour. I couldn't wait. I that's could what, not that's wait. That's how it used to be. Yeah. Until they and posted that, the deck lists, right? Yeah. And that was where like the, you know, the very first decks of the format came from, right? And like that would shape every Grand Prix for the rest of the season. And that would just give so much inspiration to, to newer players and deck builders and, and anyone involved in the game would just be, you know, basically scrounging for every bit of information they could because it, it was such a boon of, for, for, you know, competitive play. Now imagine this, right? So that happens, right? So you run this tournament with, you know, that going on, or they just make a format up, right? They're like, all right, well, we're going to make them play standard this week with no throne of Eldraine, you know, just like off the top of my head, just something cool that people have been asked for. Like you do this, whatever, right? And then the two weeks after you get to play that format on arena. Exactly. Like, so the next week you get to play that format on arena, it costs you gems or gold to play or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Also added bonus, right? Let's say your favorite player is Brad Nelson and Brad Nelson wins, right? here's a way to play his deck in some way shape or form you can you can you can pay to play his deck or when you pay when you play you randomly get one of the top eight decks and like did you get brad nelson's deck this week or this time no you got you got seth manfield's or something like they, that right they, they've done similar things to that before where you they let you test like test run mm-hmm. some people's decks but they don't do it enough they did it like yeah. once they did it once. and it was, it was cool. great and it was it was really cool i did it yeah. you know i, I did went it. in there yeah. and i just did it a couple times i got like two cool decks and one kind of deck and then like you you know, get, you're was, also guaranteed to get good games of magic that are like right. if you're trying to like get you're, you're trying to a recreate the experience that you watch on the screen which is the number one thing right they want you to recreate what you're watching right. but you gave them no way to do it because you can't buy a damn card that you want on arena that's the hardest thing you're like i can't tell you how many times i see the comments with i love this deck i am 47 wild cards away from building it yeah, the economy on Arena is uh, in- incredibly predatory. I don't want to get super into that because yeah. it's been it's been bad for the entire time it's yeah. it's existed. Uh, but like I I can barely afford to to play Arena when I want to play. So I have problems affording it, and you've seen my account, right? I have everything. Yeah, you just draft all the time, right? Yeah, and I have hundreds of wallets. But yeah, I still have to pay for gems all the time though you <laughs> cannot go infinite on it it's like almost impossible yeah. to go like quote unquote infinite on thing, which is which is cool right you, you shouldn't be able to do it for free all the time but with the if amount you of time, win all and effort, time you should be able to that's no, the, it's just I'm a okay. fault in the system i <laughs> yeah. mean i know you're okay but like they, they should they should have a reward structure in place yeah. where if you are winning x percentage of the time you shouldn't have to pay money that's the yeah. whole point like I would, I, you've you've seen my legend ranks or legend. I'm sorry, that's like <laughs> wrong game, wrong game. You've seen my mythic ranks. Right, get that's like, admiral over, admirable over here. And do, I know, right? Uh... <laughs> hey man, he's been playing a lot lately. But anyway, um, you you see me like you know I'm I'm constantly at like a high rank or whatever, and I have like one bad day, right? I have one bad day. Well, now I've got to re up money on the account because like now I'm just broke gym wise. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have you know. 400 rare wild cards and 300 mythic wild cards like what but i i can't play anything because i can't i can't convert them to something you know so like anyway like you said we don't we don't need to go that anymore um another problem that people were having with something that went on today and we've kind of you know touched on this was the poor communication that we've had i think just from day one when it comes to this like it's always been confusing you're not sure who's in who's out you know blah 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 like uh i think it was really funny um 
during one of the last events where this part wasn't funny, where you saw people get regulated, like that was not fun to watch, et cetera. And, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I, I kept seeing a lot of the players in their tweets explaining what was going on the weekend and how it worked. And I don't know if that was just a, a, a thing that happened generically or if Watsi was like, hey, we want you all to like, when you're tweeting this out, kind of explain what's going on between because no one knows because like you know you would a not even know the events are going on until they happen most of the time and b you don't know what's going on what they're playing for like what you know you don't know the structure because you're not incentivized to know it you have you have no aspiration of being there so you have no reason to, to do it the people who watched it were like hardcore fans and that's it people are like i love competitive standard or i love this player and so now we're seeing that a little bit again with the announcement today. They had an announcement, like they have the OP, like the original post, right, with the link to the article and everything like that. Then they made a lot of other comments about it, and people are talking about that now. That, oh, they said this, or oh, they said that. I'm like, where do they see this? I, I didn't see this. They decided to respond to specific people's questions without, like, quote tweeting it or anything. So if you're looking for more information on this, the easiest way to do it is when you go to the original post or you go to their Twitter account, go to tweets and replies. Otherwise, you're going to miss a ton of information that was like specifically responded to like Reed Duke or somebody else that tweeted at them with a question. Yeah, they just people just end up giving them a huge, uh, you know, breathing room, benefit of the doubt, whatever you want to call it, uh, because they're so vague. You know, that, that entire post that they made today was horseshit. It, it wasn't specific on anything and in fact they multiple times said like it's gonna be kind of like this maybe and (laughs) do you know my favorite part hopefully (laughs) it's 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 as a result of talking about covid we've spent quite a bit of time imagining what our post-covid system is going to look like and then i'm just thinking apparently you didn't spend enough time because you have no clue what it's gonna look like so you have no firm ideas of what it is but you've spent a lot of time thinking about it well, lobby fucking da. And I wanted to ask you, you two, this because I because I have my own opinions on this as well. Does this open the door for other people, other programs, other companies? Because like you know, we've made this you know th- like a like a big speculation is that there a lot of these like Grand Prix like events you're going to see or they're, they're going to be uh, what are they called Commander Fests? I think that's what they call them. Like you know, big time meetups. You know, people can show up, do whatever. Uh, there's maybe some tournaments going on, but no big main event type thing. You know, like, because we never even got to really experience the the new Pro Tour structure where it was going to be a Pro Tour attached to, like, the big convention and stuff that was going on. I was going to go to one of those. I was, like, super excited about the one that was going to be in Dallas, and I was going to travel there and play all this stuff. And, like, what do you think the future is going to be? Do you think this is a big possibility for, you know, obviously Star City Games has the entire infrastructure in place, plus the name recognition, plus everything. So they're, like, obviously the first thing you think about. But, like, you know, you think about Channel Fireball, you know, some of these other companies that have been coming in with uh, MTG Melee. And stepping in, they have a real big opportunity here to fill this gap. And you've got to be thinking that some of these companies are just like licking their chops, right? No, they're all terrified, man. Like, I, there's a vacuum that they that people can fill, but it's too big. No, no one company is going to be able to fill the infrastructure vacuum that Watsi is leaving behind. And as many, I mean, I think what's going to end up happening, honestly, and 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 this is maybe years down the line or whatever, Watsi's not going to run pro tours anymore. They're not going to run events anymore. They're going to basically like sponsor uh, LGSs and their like bigger stores that they are affiliated with, and they're just going to run just like giant grand prix style events that all kind of funnel into like one big thing but 
they're not going to be biased towards any one. It's just going to be like qualification structures for each one, kind of like how they do golf tournaments or whatever, right? Like there's just like a bunch of different organizations that run golf tournaments and then like they all award the same amount of points. And then if you get enough points, you get to play on the PGA Tour, right? I think it's just going to be very similar to that. It's also That's how it works. It's also a difficult vacuum to fill because if you're going to enter into that space, you know, regardless of how much autonomy you might have, you're always operating at Watsi's discretion. So, do you think you, they're going to lighten that up? Like people have been asking for that today. Is like, can y'all loosen the reins a little bit in like how we structure our tournaments, I mean, buy-in structures? Who who knows? Like, a, you I know, would love for that to be a thing. Yeah, I would love for them to loosen the reins, but it's all just what, what they want. Like, it's all at their discretion. So, if you don't have a really good working relationship with Watsi, that seems like a difficult space to jump into. Can we just? get rid of sanctioned events like what what act what do why do we actually need wizard of the coast permission to do anything like that's why, a good why, point like i i you know I, I understand that like star city games and i i, I just want to be clear i am a contractor for star city games i do not speak on their behalf okay yeah but specifically i want to ask the question is it possible that people can just run their own tournament series independently of wizard of the coast and don't have to answer to them at all and I, and people, I think they like people have already been doing it a bunch on like MTG Melee, like you know they do set roulette tournaments and things like that. Like, you know they're they're like not sanctioned because they're online, right? But like, who gives a shit about being sanctioned anymore? It doesn't and matter. Why, anymore. And why does it matter? There's no rating. There's yeah. there's nothing that actually ties it to anything other than you just have to follow some Watsi guidelines. Like they got rid of DCI, they got rid of play uh, play points or whatever. Planeswalker, Planeswalker points. points. It's all gone. So. Mm -hmm. What, why really why do they other than making the cards themselves why the fuck do they exist anymore is what i or why and why do people have to like give a shit about anything that they say that's what Be, i want because they I make the nothing. cards no no, no. Okay, say, they, they make the cards but you know what you can do as a third-party distributor you can buy all your shit from amazon now you don't have to go to watts anymore like you like you know like you, you don't have to have a working relationship with wizards of the coast in order to sell magic the gathering cards you can be a third-party retailer that gets all of your product from somewhere else. That's all I'm saying. I think it's a good point, right? Like, there's no reason to have Watsi have full control of the reins anymore. Like, you definitely want them to be like, hey, like, we're the governing body and step in if something really bad happens or, like, there's some, you know, extremely predatory type thing going on. And they're like, hey, like, don't do that, you know, kind of thing. But, like, yeah, let the people do what they want. Let the companies run what they want. Let the tournament series happen the way they want to. Because, like you said, like, as soon as you said it, it just made sense in my mind, right? I was like... Yeah, like, why the fuck do I have Planeswalker points like what, or whatever What anymore? power do they have over, over ma like, tournament magic? If they don't have Pro Tours, they don't have, if they don't have any infrastructure for tournaments, and there's no pipeline, like, what authority do they actually have to prevent someone from running a tournament series however they want? They have no legal authority. Like, uh, I think they do, actually. Yeah, oh. that's that's my I, thing. Is, I think like, it's, their, so, it's their intellectual property. Yeah, it's 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 their IP. Like they they own they own magic. So like they can come in and say you're just not allowed to use their product anymore. That's like if they fun. wanted to, like if like Star City Games did something. Again, y'all work for them. I I can say this: if Star City Games like did something to piss them off, they can literally be like, you you can't run magic tournaments anymore. No, I know. I mean, I you know, I've 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 been privy to some uh, communications that were basically just like, yeah, Watsi won't let us do this. And, and there was no fight back and that and that's fine like you know if they have mandates and they're they're gonna fuck you over if you don't follow the mandates fine all, all I'm saying is that if it, it feels like they have very little 
ground to stand on if there's no infrastructure, and I don't understand why we can't just fucking ignore them. But it's it's their ball, and that's the problem. Yep. They can just go home. It's all capitalism, Todd. <laughs> Look, man, we'll just move to an island country with our own laws. They're not a fucking, you know... They're they're not a government. Like, Look, you know, we'll just we'll start Star City Barbados, dude. Let's go. We'll just do what you talked about. We'll get the retirement community in Florida, and we'll just like keep oh, yeah. our days away and stuff. I'm 100 percent in for that, by the way. Yeah. Can like, it not be in Florida? Florida is so hot. Okay, not well. They also you just go to the beach. You know? Yeah, you have to go it's, somewhere of good weather, it's buddy. So hot all the time. Okay, well then the alternative is California, but it's like yeah, it's insanely expensive. Yeah, it's so. west. You have to go to like Reno, Nevada. Uh, Nevada, sorry, if you want to do some other area like with West Coast, that's cheap. Because California, like he said, is is unreasonably expensive, and we're all magic players, so we're not rich. <laughs> so that's the goddamn truth. <laughs> and we're not going to getting playing magic anymore, am I right, gamers? So, uh, whoo. So yeah. So I gotta say this. It's it's a pre, it's been a pretty negative day overall, especially for players like us, right? Who have any kind of aspirations, and it you know this feels like the second time this is happening. When the MPL got announced, I remember you know I tried to be like positive on social media and talking stuff, but at the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this is it. Like I'm I'm pretty done. Like you know the system is unobtainable, etc. Were there yeah. any any positives you you took from like? Is there anything hopeful? Like let, let's give some hope. Is there anything positive from today? I mean, I, I have something, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, in, in general, I think uh, it's going to sound bad. I think killing the MPL was good. I think I, so, too. I, I think that it was a huge money sink, and I think that uh, in the long term, it, it was detrimental to the game, uh, detrimental to organized play, and it was a huge waste of money. Uh, with that said, some sort of incentive structure in place to, you know, keep players playing the game. Like, you don't have to fucking support them or whatever, like, extremely financially. Like, you don't have to pay them $100,000 a year or whatever. But you could definitely set up tournaments specifically for only them where last place is, like, five grand or whatever. And so, like, you just constantly have revenue streams for them, but their revenue stream is greatly affected by their performance. And so it incentivizes them to play harder, try harder, etc. You know, not to point fingers at anyone specific in the MPL, but I know that uh, it, multiple people in the MPL have not played very much Magic in the last couple of years because all they have to do is play couple league weekends and uh, like a couple of pro tours or whatever. And they just like, you know, play Magic for a week or two leading up to the event, and then the rest of the time they should do whatever the fuck they want because there's there's no reason not to. Isn't that what people what they were doing under the old system? Like they would just play for a couple weeks before Pro Tours. No, that's not what happened. People would play Magic constantly because of the Grand Prix circuit and because of various other tournaments that were relevant to their interests. And playing Magic constantly was rewarded for results instead of having just like the the guaranteed income like there was no it, it basically like i think the mpl really just like stifled competition like people just stopped caring as much because they already were getting paid i have a, i have an idea how about we just make cedric in, in charge of like all of it and see what happens uh i mean i'm down i, I saw his tweet from earlier give, give him the him, reins give him the reins yeah let him let him run with it because i've said it on the show before I said on the show before that I thought within the last, like, I don't know, maybe, like, five years, I can't get, put a specific thing, that he became the most, like, important and influential person in Magic, I think, at some point in time. And, I, you know, th they've 
they've shown at least, and I say they as in Watsy, they've shown at least a little bit of being willing to listen and hire from without, which is a big problem that company had in my eyes for a long time. Yeah. They should at least a little bit, you know, with some of the people they've brought in, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, like, let's, let's, let's keep going down the line. Like, let's, let's see what happens. Like maybe even, can it hurt? Fly him in, have a talk with him. Let him set up a PowerPoint or whatever, you know, let, let him, let him put forth some ideas. What's the worst that happens? You have to buy him lunch and a, and a, and a plane ticket. Like, uh, you don't have to. He lives in Seattle. What am I talking about? You don't have to fly him in. Just send a car to his house. Get him. Oh, Uber. he w- he would get him to fly him helicopter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, just get an Uber X. Wait, is there, <laughs> is there a, a helicopter on Uber? I think there is an actual Uber, Uber helicopter. Chopper. I don't know yeah. what it's called, but yeah, there, there is. is if, it's, if it's available in your area, I would think I would think there might be in Seattle. So that'd be pretty cool. You like land on the roof and stuff, and like they're like waiting for you. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. You're not solving these issues by getting a different person in charge. Like, yeah, that's I not know. the problem. It's not yeah. individual bad actors. The problem is the incentive structures that exist where the, all they're trying to do is maximize profit. And we live in a world you know, where organized play is not profitable, if it ever was. Um, well, I, I think that's incorrect. I think the organized play is incredibly profitable, but you have to, get, you have to gauge it under the guise that it's marketing. It's, it's incredible marketing to have a pro tour system when I was, okay, let me just start from the beginning. When I was like 13 years old or 12 years old, I started playing magic. Right. And for multiple years, I just played kitchen table stuff with some friends of mine or at school on the fucking playground or whatever. Right. A couple years go by. I actually get to go to my first LGS. And when I go to my first LGS, I hear about magic tournaments. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know those existed. I've just been playing with my friends. And then once you hear about magic tournaments, you start to, to do some research. You start to look into getting better decks and buying more cards. And then you get your fucking friends to play. And you get your friends to come in. And your friends to buy cards. And it's this huge, huge gravitational shift towards that one store. And then... That starts off the ecosystem, right, of competitive play, where every single person is just at their own center of gravity that's constantly pulling all of their friends towards them so that they can do these things together. If I've learned anything from living in the COVID pandemic, it's that playing games by yourself is the most fucking depressing thing I have ever done, and the last year of my life is just a complete disaster. It's just been nonstop sadness from start to finish, and it, if I'm not doing fun things with my friends, it's not worth it. And playing Magic Arena by yourself, no matter how much money you win, no matter how much tournament success you have, it just doesn't fucking matter. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, and they're still going to have a bare-bones organized play system to create that aspiration. It's like the World Championships isn't going anywhere, but it's going to be stripped down to the barest bones because the meat around those bones is filled in by third-party tournament series like the SEG Tour, and it's, it's filled be a in... a 100-person tournament at Gen Con. Like, that's, that's what you're going to see in the future, yeah. Yeah, and it's filled in by people getting into that same, getting into Magic by watching Twitch streamers and seeing some of the cool stuff that happens on Arena and, and things like that. But it's not going to be filled in by this aspirational pro tour that it has been for 25 years. Now, 
if we want to retain something like that, what needs to happen is we need to find what level of influence the competitive community has over the bare bones structures of OP that remains and find a ways to pressure the stuff that Watsi cares about that is still going to exist in the coming years and lean on them with what leverage that we do have to fill that out as much as possible. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what I've been, I've been trying to think on like that. And like, you know, you keep going back to that statement where they're like, we're going to have, you know, Pro Tour Grand Prix-like events. Do you have any idea of what you, like, have you even thought of down the line of what do you think it's going to be? Like, do you, do you think it's just going to be, like, localized stuff? It's it's obviously not going to be anywhere near the same, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, same overarching, across the world, uh, organized type thing. Do you think it's going to be a little more messy? Or, like, what are you envisioning? I am envisioning something more akin to the regional Pro Tour system that existed very briefly recently because they're not going to be paying for plane tickets for people internationally. So no, like Paolo is not going to be flying to tournaments in the United States, you know, rarely if ever. And the Japanese players are not going to be flying to tournaments in Europe. And so if they're going to have anything, it's going to be much more regional than it has been in the past. And as we remember from when that happened, like those tournaments did not feel like pro tours because the thing that made it feel like pro tours was seeing everyone. All right. I, I got one for you. This is for Watsi if you're listening. This one's for free, okay? Foster competitive play amongst all of your local game stores and tournament organizers. Help them create infrastructure that allows upward mobility and scaling with success inside each of their respective tournament uh, systems Entities, that, yeah. that, that they decide, that they come up with, with or without your help, doesn't matter. X, top X people from each circuit play every three months on arena against each other so you don't have to fucking pay for plane tickets. And guess what? The prize payout is like a million dollars. And so people give a shit because it's a bunch of people from their hometown that are going to be playing in the events. They're going to be playing against the best players in the world. And guess what? You don't have to pay for plane tickets. It's great. Yeah, can you, you imagine your, your LGS, the day your LGS player is playing in that? You're, like, all gathered. I would go to the LGS and have them put up on the big screen and watch. Yeah, same. That would be insane. It's like, like, like imagine Ross is at the event, right? Like, I'll, like I, have, I have friends all the time that play in these kinds of things, and I watch those events because I'm rooting for my friends. I get and, more nervous watching theirs than playing my own. I yeah, get, like, exactly. super into it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like you can use arena as part of your your tournament infrastructure. Uh, you can use arena to basically x out the cost of flights, and you allow all these uh, individual retailers and and tournament organizers to to basically funnel upwards to these systems, and it costs you fucking nothing except for the one tournament where you have to pay out like i don't know it doesn't have to be a million dollars but honestly a million dollars sounds like a pretty nice round number and like if you're not paying for anything else like four million dollars a year in advertisement doesn't seem like that much if i'm being really honest it doesn't yeah it, and like you already have the infrastructure in place to do it right like you could just run it just like the the opens that they do and like obviously the last one had some problems but like whatever you know their servers and honestly why weren't those more often too like those feel like they're way too inoften to me, but like um, that's that's I, another thing. I think they don't want them to lose their luster. I that think makes they sense. put they also put a lot of stress on the system. I know the yeah. in the arena open the first day there was a lot of connectivity problems and I think that they are I don't know if it's unwilling or unable to invest in the infrastructure in arena 
um, to make it less likely that that happens. But most of the time, they don't need it. And so when they do need it, though, are when all eyes are on the program. And it's really embarrassing when all the eyes are on your program and you just see countless pros posting pictures of the little fucking circle on Arena yeah. going. And it's just like waiting to connect. It's like, cool, yeah, man. the server, yeah. Yeah, nice tournament for thousands of dollars. And this, yeah. is, a gr- this is a great use of your time and energy. Like, I made the joke to one of my buddies, uh, you know, I was in Vegas while this was going on, and one of them's like, are you going to try to play in it? And I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't, because you, you had to you had to beat an extra person today. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you had to get your seven wins, plus you had to beat the client this this weekend as well. You had to, like, actively get to actually play your matches. Ross is bug-eyed. What, you he's read, probably Ross? reading something on Twitter about the Utah Jazz or something. <laughs> I'm checking my fantasy baseball scores for the Okay, day. sure. Oh, rats. I, th- I thought you had read, like, some tweet, and you were just like, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw it, too. You would be both quiet really quickly, but... um, I, I got another question to ask. How do you think... And I, I think, Todd, you're going to have a maybe a better answer than, than Ross here, because you're a little more attuned well, to this kind of thing. Let Ross go first. Sure. How do you think this is going to affect LGSs overall? Do you think this is going to be a positive, negative, neutral type thing? Or is it like Commander's going to keep keep carrying them and even possibly get more popular? Um, yeah, I don't think... I think it's going to be a slight negative for LGSs. The effect that Todd mentioned earlier about, you know, you, you know, seeing Magic tournaments and then getting your friends into it. Uh, you know, that starts at, at the local level and that gets people to be going to their local stores more like this. What it wasn't like the pro tour was never something that brought in new players. What it did was it, it caused players who were lightly invested to become heavily invested. Um, and so th- there you're going to lose some amount of that in the short term while the uh you know the infrastructure from twitch and everything else fills it in to what extent that it will it might fall short of what the pro tour did uh you know over the last two and a half decades um but at the very least there's going to be some lag time where that effect is decreased but that effect is only a small part of what's going on at the lgs level like you said commander and and casual play is going to drive a lot of that much more so than um you know, the, the high level competitive play and like, you know, F and M and that shit isn't going anywhere. Um, I actually don't have like a, a whole lot of thoughts on this other than what I just talked about where like they, they need to lift up the LGSs. They need to, to help them build something because there's nothing there now. And so like, if, if you think about it, like if, if there was, there was stepping stones to competitive magic, you would start playing local tournaments like FNM or whatever. And then like you would start traveling for PTQs. And then at the very tip top was like pro tour worlds and stuff. And with pro tour worlds, getting the, the feet cut out from under them or whatever, all the weight of the, uh, the desire to play competitive magic falls one story down. And so now there's going to be a ton of pressure on like the PTQ level style tournaments, like the SCG tour, um, maybe like the inside tournaments that have been running on Mela have been relatively successful. Like those organizers are going to have a huge influx of people looking to play competitively because there's literally nowhere else to play. And in the long term, I think that that is going to be good for them, but that's like only a few companies are going to be seeing those returns. And what you need to do is you need to help foster a competitive system uh, of multiple uh, of your of your retailers in order to kind of, you know, create this 
uh, ecosystem where competitive magic matters. Because I, I know that, like, Commander is the best thing for magic right now, right? Like, it's, it's like, a huge gangbusters market. It helps fuel sales. Like, I, you know, I don't know the exact sales numbers from any of the places, but I, I, I have heard rumblings that Commander is far and away the thing that sells cards. And I'll say that it does not sell new cards. It does not sell the newest set. The thing that sells the newest set is two things. It's booster drafting and it's standard slash whatever constructed formats people want to play. And now both of those are dead. Yeah. And so if they're all dead or both dead and all the only thing that's left is Commander, you know what Watsy's going to have a real hard time doing? Selling new sets. They're $350 or 350 card garbage. You know, 300 yeah. of the cards are complete utter trash that don't see play in anything that 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 will dry up very quickly and so then they're gonna have to resort to more like reprint stuff and commander based stuff and if they do that like it's just gonna become a gimmick it's already becoming a gimmick there's a new product that comes out every other week and yeah. like you know if you're like oh hey what was the last secret lair it's like i don't know maybe the full art uh, or not the not the full art, but the no art basic lands with the full yeah. text on what lands yeah. do. It's like that was actually five secret layers ago, Todd. Five. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, I would believe you if you told me that because I don't know because there's too much, and it's all just cheeky garbage. And the quality of the product has gone drastically downhill. So I think this is a, definitely a situation where the the magic community and spe specifically the competitive community has kind of secretly helped foster a culture where they can consistently and aggressively market and sell product uh four times a year and most of it's trash and we eat it up and because we eat it up we help bring in other people who also eat it up and without a competitive scene that side of magic will completely disappear and honestly fucking good because they deserve to get punched a little bit for some really bad decisions they've made over the last couple of years. And we're actually starting to see like, you know, a little bit of help for some LGSs. I don't know if this is like the start of a new thing or not, but I don't know if y'all saw this. I think it's in like, I think June or whatever, there's a promo card coming out where if you spend $50 in your LGS, you get the promo card and it's like a foil alternate. It's not alternate art, but I think it's like old bordered fabled passage. Mm -hmm. or whatever's coming out and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go spend 50 dollars on my lgs and get this card like that's just yeah, the thing that's great. going to happen it sounds great right what are the quality of its shit again like all these other pringle like things that's like, gonna suck you know people are gonna complain but it is something free you know for you uh like i'll just go pre-order the next thing or i'll find some way to spend 50 dollars. i'll go get some singles i needed man, to get you know free is not free man it's never yeah, free yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like you know a fucking this this like gift cards to macaroni grill or whatever like you spend fifty dollars you get ten free you don't get ten free you spent fifty dollars on macaroni yeah. grill and got sixty dollars worth of food yeah and no no, no that, that's that's a good point because that's real right but it's at least something from watsi that is incentivizing you to spend money in an lgs which is which is a step forward because most of the decisions they made over the last like four or five years have been just screwing over LGSs yeah. over and over again. But, but if Watsi wanted to really help LGSs, they could just sell them the wholesale cards at a cheaper price. Yeah, of course, but that cuts profits. Let's be yeah. real, they're not going to do that. So what they're doing is saying, you know what? We don't want to lose LGSs because they buy cards from us and that gets us profits. So we're going to throw you some crumbs and make you pay a million dollars for it so that LGSs can be, you know, can make a little bit of extra money and we get to maintain our profits. 
They're just incentivizing us to prop up LGSs because they're sure as hell not going to do it. So fuck them. <laughs> That's how you really feel, Ross. Don't, t- don't tell me you care about LGSs and do shit like this where you're not actually helping. You're just incentivizing other people to give money. This is like when celebrities do th- like fundraise fr- from their fans. Like, yeah. like you, you're worth 50 million fucking dollars. Why don't you just write a goddamn check? You don't have to sit here and, like, th- you know, do whatever other bullshit you do. Talk to your other fucking celebrity friends and have them cut a check, too, you piece of shit. Don't get me started on that. Like, when they sang Imagine in, like, the line of, like, Imagine No Possessions. And I'm like, so it's a whole bunch of millionaires telling all of us who have no money during the pandemic to, like, yeah. you know, be okay with our lot in life. Like, and the, the and they, they try to spit it into good PR. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, just something funny to to kind of interject in here, maybe make you laugh or smile. Hopefully, hopefully this doesn't fall flat. But there's a thing on Twitter that I saw that I thought was really funny. Uh, somebody quote tweeted uh, AOC saying, it says, AOC says of MTG, I used to work as a bartender. These are the kind of people that I threw out of bars all the time. And then, so she, she quote tweets it with, yeah, friendly remind, reminder to keep generously tipping your bartender servers, delivery venue, hospitals, teleworkers. And then parentheses, uh, this is not intended for Magic the Gathering players. You're cool with me. Oh, Pog! Yes. So AOC literally mentioned Magic the Gathering today on Twitter, which is kind of cool. Because I'm not going to lie how many times I get mad at seeing the, the MTG thing in all caps, and it just means meeting. And I'm like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it means meeting or it means Marjorie Taylor Greene, who yeah. has regularly and aggressively, like you know come at her recently, yeah exactly so. and so i was using the the general that's what it means in this yeah, and yeah. so yeah yeah but it is it is hilarious to see someone you know who's like been on twitch playing uh what is it fall not fall guys what's the other one uh the among us she's been playing among us on, on twitch and stuff so get her to play fnm you know get her to come on there and play for three hours and give away some money that'd be sweet i'd love to play against aoc that'd be great that'd be awesome beat the crap out of her let's go hey, give me my money you know kind of thing but so i i gotta say overall pretty negative day Pretty negative response from all of us. Todd, you just seem really tired and disappointed, honestly. I'm, you know, I've been beaten down by this company for most of my adult life. And, like, I, I am saved by the grace of the good people at Star City Games because, I, you know, they, they've made some decisions that have been hard to, you know. But, like, they've always, I think, had a, a, the larger picture in mind, which is to continue being around in 10 years, 20 years. And I feel like... A lot of the decisions they've made in the last five years or so at Wizards of the Coast has been so incredibly short-sighted and focused on maximizing short-term gains at the expense of long-term, uh, you know, sustainability. And it, not only is it frustrating as a player and, and as a content creator, but it's also just incredibly disappointing as a fan. I've been a fan of Magic for so long, and I just continually watch them just, you know, eat themselves alive. And Every single quarter, I just hear over and over again, record-breaking profits, record-breaking profits, record-breaking profits. And it's like, okay, so the things you're doing are clearly good for now, right? You're making a shitload of money. So instead of paying, you know, millions of dollars in bonuses to the the higher-ups, why don't you instead reinvest that money in your infrastructure, in your player base, and make us feel like you actually give a shit, because I don't feel like anyone at Wizards of the Coast, except Gavin Vere, gives one iota of a shit about competitive magic, and it's so incredibly frustrating. Oh, and Emma Handy and yeah. JD and Complarence. I love. I'm you. sure there are plenty yeah. of people at who work for Wizards of the Coast or Wizards employees that give lots of shits about competitive magic and about professional magic. But the people that make the fucking decisions don't give a flying shit 
about you're any not of a it. Shareholder. You're not a yeah. shareholder. In and, spe- yeah. and, and specifically to those people, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. And kind of like referencing kind of what you said early about, you know, the people are what made it great for you. you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, like the gathering, you know, is the best part of magic. And it, it's cheesy, but it's true, right? Like, you know, Michael Sigurds had a uh, had a tweet today where he said, the saddest part of all of this, which I did not uh, initially internalize, is that I've made very close friends all across the world, people I consider family, and I will likely never see some of them again. And Yeah, that, that was one of the most fucking depressing things I've ever read. Yeah, like literally that made me want to cry because, I, I, you know, I thought about it, you know, like I, I you know, just come in terms like very specifically, like I'll probably never see Joel Larson again, you know, and Aww, like Swedish Kimbler. And every time I see him, I get we both get the biggest grins on our face. And you and hug like, the he, shit out of each other. He picks me up. Yeah. You know, and he kisses me and stuff. And like, I love every Aww. second of it. I love that man. You know, Kissing I miss the him. Homies. You know, Michael Bonday, like the, the friends that you've like, like it, it, they're not just friends anymore. You know, like, he, you know, he's it's the kind of person that like. When they message you, you immediately message them back, even though you haven't seen each other in person in a couple of years or whatever, right? That you have these like deep personal connections to, and now we have either less opportunities or less reason to see each other because like it's just a good reason to spend a thousand dollars on a flight to go see each other, you know? Like, you know, hey, I want to see these guys. I haven't seen them forever. I'm gonna go play in this Grand Prix in like London or whatever, right? And like, you know, I think about that, and I think about the generation of Magic players. Like, you know, I've seen some of the younger people on Twitter, you know, the the kids of the game, talking about how like they'll never get their opportunity to shine, right? Like, they'll never get the opportunity of winning a trophy, uh, you know, hoisting that up, you know, having the confetti blow up around them, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, my first time really traveling, like, really traveling, especially out of the country, was for a pro tour, you know? And most of the times that I've been in Europe or South America or in, you know, other parts of the country have, have been because of magic, Right? Do you think this this poor motherfucker you're looking at right now on the screen? Do you think that I would have ever traveled a, a boy from Alabama, yeah, who grew up dirt poor? Do you think I would have ever flown to Rome, Italy? No, no, not no. at all. No, I wouldn't have. But you know what? Magic got me to do that, and you know what? That's one of the most memorable trips I've ever taken. I stood in the Colosseum in Rome, Italy. And ate pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and like that was, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible. I felt connected to, yeah. to a, a part of history that I never would have gotten to to do otherwise. And and losing competitive magic means losing that. And and it's just one of the most heartbreaking things that I have thought about. And it's been a year of heartbreakers. So. And yeah, it's it's sad for the new generation, right? Like they're never going to get to experience that. On the contrary, I will say this. This is probably good for you net positive-wise, life-wise, when it comes to, like, getting your shit together. Because, like, you're probably going to – you would probably end up wasting a few years in your life, like, where you <laughs> should have been doing maybe something more productive. I'm getting your Ross, shit together on. is Ross, overrated. Okay. <laughs> I was say, Ross, hold on. Okay. I know. I know it's hold on. Hold on. You, you do that. But, like, here's the thing. You don't have that choice anymore, right? Like, having that opportunity to do that, like, some of the best years of my life are the years where I was just like, I don't want to be an adult yet. Like, I don't want to do the things that I'm supposed to do from societal pressure you know what i mean like i don't want to have a nine to five come home drink three beers and then go to bed like i don't want to do that you know like the american dream is dead it's not obtainable as much anymore and honestly it fucking sucks yeah it literally slowly it's not even a dream you in your soul yeah it sucks so but you know what i did dream about playing the game and seeing the world right and i got to do that on a, at least a decent scale right the opportunity was there for me for a very long time right you know i played in my first pro tour in like i don't know 06 07 or something like that. i played my last one a couple years ago for the 25th anniversary of our game 
literally the game had been around for 25 years, you know? So it was over a decade apart of my first pro tour, and my last pro tour. And I at least had that opportunity, right? And I got to go to like, you know, Minneapolis or London or Valencia in Spain, you know, like all these cool opportunities, right? Like, you know, I could have gone to Hawaii for one yeah, of them. I could have gone to Kuala Lumpur. I got to go to Japan. Yeah, I want to go to Japan. I've never been. I want to yeah. go so bad. You know, the easiest way for me to do that would have been just do well at a magic tournament and they'll just pay for me because they let you, you know, choose your flight. I would have gone for like two weeks. You'd never see my ass again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and now the kids, they don't get that. You know, they don't get that aspiration for competitive magic either. They're going to get some bastardized, dumbed down version of it. That's probably going to be really convoluted and ridiculous, and I don't know. I mean, like I, I've got hopes for it, but like, or let's there's going to be nothing, or there's going to be nothing, which is and, and which very I likely. think is way more likely. But there's yeah. just going to be nothing. But this whole like, you know, Magic the Gathering is unhealthy, and there are aspects of it that are. But this whole like, you know, if you're if you're a smart smart enough to be a really good Magic player, well, you should be putting your energy into something that is going to like make you more money or you know be more rewarding in some way. Like I've got some fucking news for you. No matter what you do in your life, you're gonna be you know serving somebody who's trying to use you to make money because that's the world that we live in. So. You know, like the the things that are unhealthy about magic are, exist to some extent in basically everything that you could possibly do. So if magic is something that you really love and you enjoy the accoutrement to being a traveling magic player, if you like going to different cities a lot, if you like, you know, if you've forged these friendships and you want to see those people on, on a semi-regular to regular basis, like magic is great for that and i've enjoyed those aspects of this life and that's you know essentially going away at this point anyone anyone who tries to tell you that that you should spend your time instead of playing magic of doing something more constructive or or that can help the world or make you more money they don't understand the culture that we have created around magic every one of my best friends except like one person yeah same i have met through magic I met my wife through magic. I actually met her at my local game store, the place where I went. There was not like a Babbage's or whatever for to, to buy a booster pack. The very first comic book store I ever went into to buy a booster pack, I met my wife five feet from the counter. I've heard the story before, and I think it's I think it's great. So, like, I think it's you know so what? awesome. If you know if they're if they're not gonna if they're not gonna take this shit seriously anymore, then like you know let's just let's just fucking move on. Did, let's go did, do something else, man. I don't know. Did, did you see my groom's cake? Like, did you ever see the pictures of my wedding and, like, my groom's cake? No. So my wedding was a very traditional wedding and pretty and stuff. And, like, didn't have, like, you know, a magic theme. But Natalie got me an actual cake with, like, my favorite magic card on it. And then, like, my magic card. You know, like, my picture from Inkland Customs and some other stuff. And the cake was just... I was like, that's awesome. And then the people that were there. Like, if you look at, like, my uh, my wedding party. Like, my, it was, like, my brother. My best friend who was, like not a magic player like my like my brother-in-law and then like magic players and then like most of the people that showed up and like for the event that weren't you know that weren't from locally like almost everyone that i invited were all people that i met through magic you know and like that was just awesome and like you know denying that part to other people like sucks i really i really wish that we could do that uh you know what i am actually kind of looking forward to coming out of this though and something that we, we hadn't mentioned yet and uh, I am looking forward to, I mean, we've seen a little bit of it on Twitter today, but the MPL players becoming unmuzzled. I can't wait to hear, like, I can't wait for someone to, like, write a big tweet longer, like, two or three years from now. And they're like, this is how what really happened, you know, kind of thing. 
Yeah, their disparagement or anti-disparagement clauses or whatever in their contracts is going to make it like hard to really get the bigger picture. But I cannot imagine that any of them are happy and all of them are going to be willing to share the moment that their contract is up. Some of them are getting a little sherry on uh, or, you know, a little like middle fingered on Twitter already today. And it's been a lot of fun to read some of this. I'll, I'll look forward to that day on Twitter when I wake up and, and see the shit storm at 11 in the morning. It's like the retired sports player, like, revealing all the secrets, you know, like, you know, yeah. 10 years oh, yeah. after their career and stuff. I can't... Every, everyone spit into their hand before they threw a curveball. Everyone. <laughs> you want to start a pool for who goes first? I put, yeah, I put, I've, put, I've, put a needle in, I've put a needle in each player's butt to give <laughs> yeah. steroids. I've, I've seen it all, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to start a <laughs> pool for who, who writes the first tell-all tweet? Oh, do you want to start a Deadpool to whoever does it and gets gets sued? I got $1,000 <laughs> on Alexander Hain. <laughs> $1,000. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm very looking forward to that because, uh, you, you know, there's been some stuff and some talks that went on that we don't know about and stuff. And, like, it – honestly, you know – as much as I dislike the MPL overall and everything about it, I do feel for the players that were in it because, like, like you would have ever said no. Like, all these people that complained about it and, like, talk shit about it and stuff, I just snap signed that contract yeah, absolutely. so fast. So fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame any of the players in the MPL. No. Like, they, they're all just, you know, they're they're not as much of victims as we are as far as, like, the the being affected by the changes or whatever. Like, they, they got their money. They all got paid, like, you know five figures like you know high five figures some you know maybe some of them got six figures i don't know the exact amounts but uh you know they just tried to turn magic into their career and they got to do it for like three years and half the reason why the mpl failed in my opinion is because they had the same fucking 32 people for three years and the only results that mattered were like the 2018 season for some reason for three years i don't really understand that but Whatever. Yeah, isn't it funny that like now there's finally the thing people have been talking about forever? Like we want you know movement, we want new players, we want new blood. And they're like, all right, well here's all the new players, here's the new things. These they they've lost their jobs that are and oh by the way we're getting rid of the MPL, which honestly I, I'm surprised it lasted this long because it has just been I think a failure from day one. So as as much as I hate all the like league weekend streams that they do, I'm definitely watching this weekend. <laughs> are you, are, do you think there's what what is it about it, right? Do you think there's going to be a tonal shift or anything? I yeah, one I want to I see what the kind commentators. Of, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see what kind of vibe happens. Uh and you know, that there's a chance something blows up. I don't know. I'm I'm Some not saying I'm going to watch the entire there. thing, but I'm going to tune in a little bit. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if half of them sat out. Like what the what are, what you know, what if they just like say, "Oh, I I, can't, I feel sick. I can't play." Do it. Don't even do that. Everybody just band together. Like, do what Jerry did it for, you know, yeah. Worlds or whatever. Yeah. I, I, honest, I wish they would do something like that, man. It's it's just been, it's just been, you know, hit after hit from Watsy just punching us down, and it just fucking sucks. If, if they did that and, like, ended up, like, getting sued by Watsy or whatever, like, it, as a group, like, people would stream to support them. Yeah, of course. We would We would organize that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Honestly, it's it's a it's just a sad day overall. I think we've kind of hit everything on the head here. I don't even feel up to doing like our normal kind of. I think we're just gonna let this episode sit as it is. 
You know yeah. I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to like answer questions because I, I've got like a negative taste in my mouth and I don't want that to like sour any of my responses or anything like that. So we'll just do double the questions next week, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like Ross and I'll do like one of the, the longer shows next week. Cause we're going to rant on that one. We'll do the normal intro that we normally for the people who usually like us when we, we would BS for 10 or 15 minutes. Everything will so. go back to normal next week. We promise. Yeah. And I mean, there's a small chance there's even more next week. Cause what if something does happen or, you know, some story nice. comes out. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, as long as people realize like this should be the final nail in the coffin if you had held out any hope that you should stop thinking watsi gives any shits about you if you're a competitive magic player just stop thinking that and stop giving i I, I don't think that they give a shit about any of the players all they give a shit it's very clear that they only care about money and even from commander players like it's only money they're a business and that's what businesses do so we should stop being surprised yeah, but it's not a business. It's a it's a group of people who are all magic players, and we know most of them. And then there's four people at the top making all the fucking decisions that are just ruining our lives. And I was about to say that I wanted to make that clear because we said on the show before we are not calling out any specific Watsi employees, especially the ones that are are face front uh, facing on Twitter, the ones that are like kind of you know responding to you. Always have the Watsi staff hashtag. Do not go after these people. Do not. Uh, put your ire towards them. Don't tweet at them angry tweets. Don't send them DMs over this. They don't. They didn't make this decision. In fact, a lot of them probably actively fought against this and or fought for you. Just remember that they are people too. They are not Watsy. And like they said, specific people high up, you know, the ones that get the big yeah. bonuses and stuff. They are Hasbro's the ones that CEO this has to live somewhere. I'm not condoning this in any way <laughs> or that in NSA. Any way, that's but... a joke. Yeah, yeah. That's a joke, <laughs> NSA. Yeah. So, um. Well, you're but anyway, allowed to protest at people's houses. I uh, see you, them do it to Mitch McConnell all the time. You can't go on their land, but yeah. 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 He's got a driveway. I can stand and, at the end. At a certain point, they can declare any sort of gathering illegal. Like, you don't really have the right to assembly. Whatever. Yeah, it yeah. It says it Let's on paper. It. Let's get out of here. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> Todd, thanks again for, for, for showing, for carrying last week. By the way, I listened to the episode and I laughed quite a bit. I was telling them before the show started that I was listening to the episode in the uh, airport because I had quite the trip getting home. And uh, I was just laughing out loud in the airport, and I got I got those kind of like the side eye, and I'm like, "What's up with this?" Because like you're like, "Is this guy crazy? Like, what's going on over here?" He just just it was almost like the the evil guy laugh, you know, the big belly laugh. Because I y'all said a few things I just really resonated with and, and laughed quite a bit, so I loved it. And uh, again, thanks for being on this week as well. Yeah, man, I, it was a blast. You know, whenever you want to have me, I'm here. Just absolutely. Uh, PayPal is uh, you, you got it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you after the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be easier if we were still having events or whatever. It's like, yeah, dinner's on me this weekend or whatever. You know, oh, absolutely. I would do it every week for free. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would, too. I mean, that's pretty much what we do. We don't, we don't make a lot of money doing this. This is a labor of love, buddy. <laughs> so, um, and with that, I don't even think I'm going to do the normal intro. I'm just going to let everything sit and marinate, and uh, we'll do we'll get back to kind of like the normal structure next week. But everybody listening at home, sorry for the uh, overall negative tone, but it's not our being fault. real. Yeah, we're just being real. <laughs> Had a bad day. <laughs> exactly, but... Uh, for the whole cast, for Ross, uh, for Todd, and myself, thank you very much for listening this week, and hopefully we'll have a uh, little bit more uplifting show for y'all next week. But we'll see you then. Bye.